You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between 6 feet and 9 feet. Get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. He's going to tackle. He takes the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. Text us, 865-658-5824. Rolling solo. Just thought we'd squeeze in a quick pod before I had to run off to dinner. I know we said probably no show tonight, so we were able to squeeze in. Like I said, probably about a 30-minute show here, if that. Just wanted to touch on some of the uh, defensive coordinator uh, interviews that are set up, right? I know we've got uh, some info that came down the line here. To the best of my knowledge, we've got four uh, pretty serious candidates as it sits right now. A couple of them I wasn't very uh, very familiar with, and it's pretty cool to kind of dive in and see what it is they do well, uh, what defenses they're coming from. So the goal here isn't to give you all the details, but just give you kind of a snapshot of what it is each of these potential defensive coordinators are going to kind of specialize in, give you a little bit about, about their background, their coaching tree, that type of thing. Um, let's see here. I know we've got uh, several people in the chat, which is really surprising. I scheduled this two minutes ago. Um, so I know we've got, uh, let's see, Eldergrim in here. Good to see you. Andres, what's up, man? Zane Strong in the house. PTA this early is going to be a great day. It ain't going to last long, Zane, but we appreciate you being in here, buddy. Ethan says, hey, Clayton, who's the most intriguing guy the Packers interviewed so far? Uh, it's it's a very broad question, right, Ethan? Um, I tell you, as I was kind of combing through them, let me just kind of give you an idea of, of how they differ, I should say. First of all, Brandon Staley, we know <clears throat> he's probably the name that everyone knows the most. And he comes from the Vic Fangio tree. He ran a 34 defense uh, in L.A., um, with the Chargers, he also ran it with the Rams the year that he was there. Um, so he had a really, really good year as a defensive coordinator for the Rams. 
um, there, and then he got his his job offer in L.A. I had heard that he was calling some of the plays on offense as well as defense. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but it sounded like obviously being a head coach was just too much for him. Um, but nonetheless, it's it's hard to judge someone uh, based on the defense of their team when they were the head coach, right? It's not their direct work. They're looking at everything. When you're the head coach, you're essentially the CEO of the, the entire organization, right? The entire on the field product, I should say. So, you know, that's one that that we're probably most familiar with. Uh, just to kind of give you a snapshot, uh, Brandon Staley, like I said, head coach, LA Chargers, 34 uh, defense and runs the Fangio style defense. Okay. Um, Bobby Babich comes from Buffalo. He was the linebacker coach. That would require us switching to a 4-3, although they played majority nickel, which most teams do. But there was a lot of articles I read that were there was a little bit of a hybrid approach to how they play defense. No surprise there. That's something that's uh, becoming more and more popular across the league. you got Christian Parker uh, coming from Denver. If he does come over, he was the DB coach in Denver. They run a 34 defense, okay? Um, and then you've got uh, Adam Dirty, um, which I, I'm assuming he has a British uh, background just based off of his accent. I know Jerry Jones and everybody really liked him in Dallas. He seemed like one of the up-and-coming uh, coaches across the league. Uh, seemed like a really, really interesting guy, good personality. Listened to a couple interviews by him. He's the one who kind of caught my attention as different than the others, if that makes sense. But uh, when it comes down to it, uh, Christian Parker's probably the one that's most intriguing to me. If you're looking to stay in a 34, that's going to kind of prevent you doing a complete overhaul of your entire defense, right? Um, You're going to have to move some stuff around. You're going to put less emphasis on bigger defensive tackles, go with uh, a little bit smaller defensive tackles. If you're going to run a hybrid, it won't change much, although you'll have to make sure you get the right kind of backers in the room that you can play, you know, a 43 look when you want to do that at times. But uh, I guess I kind of answered your question there, Ethan. I think adding dirty uh, actually uh, catches my attention more than any of them. And I'm not a big Dallas fan. You guys know I don't like that that uh, their approach to playing defense. We carved them up. But he's definitely the one – I don't know if intriguing is the right word, but he's piqued my interest. Like, okay, why is this guy getting all kinds of attention all of a sudden? And then, of course, like I said, Christian Parker would probably – of all these right now, Christian Parker would probably be my choice, but we're going to do a quick deep deep dive on all of these just to give you guys a little bit, uh, a little bit of idea, a better idea of, of what we're doing here. Okay, so um, or what we're looking at. Just want to glance over here real quick. Um, Magic getting personal. I say, Clayton, what do you do for work? I'm a I'm a business owner, uh, Magic. I actually uh, I own uh, four different businesses, small businesses, nothing major. This isn't Daddy Warbucks over here, but uh, I've been self employed now for about. I guess about 11 years. So uh, I say self-employed because, you know, people say I'm a business owner. Yeah, I own businesses, but the businesses own me, too. So uh, that's essentially what I do in multiple multiple fields. But uh, appreciate you asking, though, man. Let's get into it. You guys ready? Let's kind of deep dive. I'm going to kill the, the camera here a second. I'm going to pull up some graphics and show you guys uh, just some details when it comes to these defenses. All right, let's start with Brandon Staley first. Okay. Um, actually, I'll keep the camera up for just a second. Brandon Staley, like I said, head coach of the LA Chargers. He comes from the Fangio style defense. Uh, he was in LA uh, in 2020, had a great defense, arguably the best defense in the league when you look at scoring and other metrics. Um, he runs a 34 style defense. One of the main things I want to key in on when talking about these coaches, guys, is how much man coverage they play. And to give you a good baseline, 
the Packers last year ran 23% man coverage. Okay, so 23% of the time we were in man coverage, that was 21st in the league. So that's the baseline is 23%. And that'll kind of give us an idea of is LaFleur thinking about going to more man this year, um, which you guys know I, I've talked about it all year. They played a significant amount of man. Um, like I said, it wasn't the most in the league, but uh, the Packers did play the 21st most uh, man coverage in the entire National Football League. So with that being said, uh, Brandon Staley ran 27% man coverage. All right, now I'm going to pull up a chart here and kind of show you guys what they did on defense out there in L.A. Let me drop this banner down real quick here. Boom. All right, so with the L.A. Chargers, they were in their base defense 21% of the time. That was 17th most in the league. Their EPA was 15th. We'll just key in on the percentages right now. Uh, Brandon Staley ran nickel 73% of the time. That was 10th most in the league. Dime, 4% of the time. That was 23rd most in the league. All right, now when you talk about the man coverage, again, they ran man coverage 27% of the time. The Packers ran it 23% of the time. So a little bit of an increase there in playing man coverage. I think we ran it 21st most in the league, if I remember correctly. And then um, let me just double check that. I don't want to tell you wrong. I'll write it down right now. Yeah, 21st most in the league. They ran man coverage 15th most in the league. All right. Now, as far as blitzing, they brung four rushers 67% of the time. That was 21st most in the league. They blitzed five or more rushers. Let's say five rushers, I should say. They blitzed five rushers sixth most in the league. That was 26% of the time. They brung six plus rushers only 3% of the time, which was 25th in the league. All right. They played middle field close 43% of the time, middle field open 42% of the time. So they played shell coverage and cover one pretty evenly across the board as far as how often they played those two specific looks. Now, when you look at the EPA ranking, this is why I'm not big on Staley, although he was just the head coach. He may be one of those guys that's just an excellent DC, but he'll never be a good head coach. But if you look at what he did well, let's try to look at the lowest EPA number on the right here. Okay. When you go there, middle field close sticks out, right? So their EPA middle field close was ninth, but he's known for that Fangio style where they play a lot of shell. He got carved up. 31st in EPA when playing middle field open, all right? Now, what else did he do well? Another number that kind of sticks out to me would be against zone run. He shut down zone run. Um, their EPA was ranked 13th in the league against zone run, so stopped zone run pretty good. Um, what? Let's see, in the base, he was 15th, but when they went to nickel, they were 28th in EPA. Not a good look there, right? So if we were to kind of take a glance now and go, okay, what did he do bad? Man coverage, 30th in EPA. So it really kind of makes you wonder, why were they so bad in man coverage? To put that into perspective, when we were in man coverage this year, our EPA was fourth. So you're literally, if you go to Brandon Staley and the plan is, and I'm not suggesting it is, I'm just saying maybe this is the route LaFleur is going. If you want to play more man coverage, um, the Packers were fourth in EPA in man coverage and Brandon Staley's defense was 30th. So just something to kind of keep in mind there. All right, let's move on to the next candidate, Bobby Babich from Buffalo. Okay, Bobby Babich is the uh, he was the linebacker coach for Buffalo. Let me make sure I got his information pulled up here real quick. All right, there's the Buffalo defensive uh, numbers. So they played man coverage 23% of the time, the exact same amount that the Green Bay Packers did last year. 23% of their snaps on defense, they played man coverage. He was Buffalo's linebacker coach, okay? So he coached up the linebackers there uh, for the Bills. They ran a 43, although some would consider it a hybrid. I would still call it a 4-3 because people were referring to it as a hybrid when they were in nickel. I'm like, 
That's not explained in the base defense. So they ran a 4-3 defense. That is from Sean McDermott, okay? Sean McDermott was his uh, his head coach and, and the defensive play caller since Leslie Frazier stepped away. Obviously, Sean McDermott, if I remember correctly, came from the whole uh, – gosh, what's his name? That just got fired in Washington. Um, his name's escaping me right now. Played for the 85 Bears – Boy, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Anyway, he comes from his his coaching tree. I'm drawing a complete blank there. I'm looking at about 73 different names on this piece of paper, so you guys please forgive me. But when it comes to Buffalo's defense, when they were in their base 43, their EPA ranking was second in the league. Now, they were only in base 3% of the time. That was dead last. So you see they play a lot of nickel, a lot of nickel looks in Buffalo. Now, 80% of their snaps being in nickel, that was third most in the league. Their EPA was 10th. You're seeing these numbers are way better than the L.A. Chargers was, right, with Brandon Staley. They were in dime 17% of the time. That was 10th most. So they're leaning more on quicker DBs. They're playing with more, more DBs on the field than they are linebackers, right? That's kind of – you could tell that's their philosophical approach. And we noticed that with some other teams that we played coming down the stretch there as well. Their EPA in dime coverage was sixth. So base defense, second. Nickel, 10th. Dom sixth. Pretty impressive, right? Um, gap run against gap run, they had the 14th highest EPA. Um, against zone run, 25th highest. So they struggled against zone run, but played gap run probably, you know, pretty close to being middle of the pack. They played man coverage 23% of the time, same amount as Green Bay. They played zone 61% of the time. That's 16th most in the league. When they were in man, their EPA was 10th. When they were in zone, their EPA was fifth. That gets me excited. And, and maybe their linebackers are significantly better than ours. I know a lot of Packer fans would probably disagree with that. Um, but the fact that their EPA is so much better playing in zone defense than ours was kind of gives you a little bit of hope, like, okay, maybe, just maybe, we can continue to play zone defense at a significant rate and um, and get you know better results. Maybe we'll get that pass coverage. You know, we talked about the total points – uh, in pass coverage dipped down significantly this year, according to the 33rd team in SIS. Um, maybe this is the guy to turn that around. Um, three rushers. When they only brung three pass rushers, they did that 3% of the time. That was 21st most in the league. When they did that, their EPA was second in the league. When they brung only four rushers, which is what they like, like to do the large majority of the time, they did that six most in the league at 78%. Their EPA was at fourth in the league. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
when you brung in five rushers, when they were blitzing, when they were rushing the quarterback with five pass rushers, 14% of the time, 28th most in the league, their EPA dropped all the way down to 23rd and six plus pass rushers, 4%, 15th most in the league, their EPA is at 17th. So you see their strength was playing nickel and dime and bringing four rushers or less. So they're playing a lot of zone coverage behind that four-man rush. That's kind of – that was their approach on the football field. All right. As far as pressure, they got pressure 37% of the time. That was uh, uh, ninth most in the league, and their EPA was fourth when they did get pressure, when they brought pressure, I should say. Middle field closed 34% of the time. That was 31st in the league. Middle field open 52% of the time. That was second most in the league. So they are – a there there's only one other team in the league that played middle field open more than the Buffalo Bills okay and their EPA when doing so was fifth but their EPA when they were middle field closed was sixth so they were pretty solid across the board whether they were playing middle field open middle field closed but the tendency you would look there look for there if Bobby Babbage was to be the new DC if he does continue with Sean Dermott's approach which you imagine that's probably what they like about him and wanted to bring him in to do if he does get hired as a DC then you're expecting him to continue that that trend of just bringing four rushers and playing a lot of nickel and dime. That might be the route we're going there, right? Now, when you talk about zone and gap run, typically when you play nickel and dime, it hurts your run defense, right? You can see it all over the board here. Zone run, like I said, 25th in EPA, gap run 14th in EPA. So um, that kind of gives you a little bit of a snapshot of what Bobby Babich could potentially be at D.C. Let's move on to the next one. The next one is going to be Christian Parker, okay? Christian Parker was the DB coach for Denver. I think I read somewhere that he spent some time in Green Bay, too. Um, I don't have time to pull up all the information. Like I said, we got to get out of here pretty quick, but just wanted to give you a snapshot. Um, but he was Denver's DB, uh, DB coach. He also plays a 34 defense. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, um, you know, he played for – the defensive coordinator was Vance Joseph. And if you track Vance Joseph back, right, Vance – so he was the DB coach for Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph went all the way back to Mike Nolan. If you guys remember Mike Nolan, Mike Nolan was the head coach in San Francisco when uh, Mike McCarthy was the OC there. Now, if you're wondering where did Mike Nolan – where did his success come from, it came from him being with Baltimore – in the early 2000s. You guys remember the Ray Lewis defenses, all those, right? He was a wide receiver coach for one year. He switched over to defense and stayed on defense the rest of his career, right? Obviously, he's fizzled out. He's no longer in the league, to the best of my knowledge. I don't think he's an assistant anywhere. But Vance Joseph comes from the Mike Nolan coaching tree of Baltimore, that 34 defense, a lot of blitzing going on, I would imagine. Christian Parker was the DB coach for Vance Joseph. Christian Parker is one that's scheduled to have an interview, if I understood correctly, for the Green Bay Packers. Now, as far as tendencies that Denver had this year, they ran man coverage 27% of the time. Okay, again, Green Bay ran it 23% of the time. Uh, Denver ran it 27% of the time. That's the same exact amount that Brandon Staley ran it with the L.A. Chargers this year in his defense. All right, so let's run through some of the details here as far as Denver's numbers. They're not near as intriguing as Buffalo's, obviously. They're in base defense 28% of the time. That's seventh most. Uh, nickel 63% of the time. That's 21st most. So they play, they're kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum from uh, Bobby Babich's Buffalo Bills defense, right? You're, you're you know, kind of staying in base as much as possible, meaning anytime that the opposing team is in 12, 21, 
13, those type of base offenses, you're going out there with your 34 base defense. In our case this year, it would have been the 34 jam. They may run a 34 under, a 34 bear, a 34 exotic. There might be a different look they bring to the table, they being Christian Parker, but we don't know. Um, so, uh, and, and once a hire is made, guys, I'll just say this. We will put together some highlights from that team's defense from this past year, and we'll do a chalk talk episode on it and just kind of start to deep dive, all right, what exactly did they do well on the field, what made it work, that type of thing. Um, so back to Christian Parker, um, dime 6% of the time, that's 18th most in the league. Gap run 34% of the time, that's 15th most in the league. Uh, they played gap run, I'm sorry, they, they faced it. They face zone runs 66% of the time. That's 18th most in the league. They play man coverage 27% of the time. That's 14th most in the league. Zone 58% of the time. That's 20th most in the league. They brung three rushers 5% of the time. That's 12th most. Four rushers 62% of the time. That's 29th. And then five rushers 28% of the time. That's fourth most. So you're seeing right there, right? Christian Parker comes from the Vance Joseph tree, which came from the Mike Nolan tree, which was under Brian Billiken in Baltimore, where they blitz everybody, including their grandmother. That's where Rex Ryan's defense kind of came out of, too, right, was those old Baltimore defenses. He's one of those guys that came up through that rank, too, if I remember correctly. Now, where did Rex Ryan get these ideas from? Not just the D.C.s that he played for or coached for in Baltimore, right, uh, but remember his dad, Buddy Ryan. He invented the 46 defense. The 46 defense have one philosophy. We're going to put so many guys on the line of scrimmage. You may throw a touchdown pass every play, but every single defensive snap, we're going to put your quarterback on his rear end. That was their philosophy, right? So you can see this kind of carries all the way down this coaching tree here in Denver this past year with Vance Joseph. They're bringing five-plus rushers. That was fourth most in the league. Totally the opposite from what we just talked about with the four-man rush in Buffalo, right? It's it's really it's completely flipped. So you can see Matt LaFleur's – Casting a pretty broad net there and trying to get different philosophies, different fronts. We've got 234 fronts and 243 fronts. We got a couple of teams that like to blitz a lot, a couple that just like to bring four. We got, you know, some that two that run more man coverage than we actually three that run, run more man coverage than we did, one that ran the same amount. So he's kind of testing the waters. I think he may still have his eye on someone on one of these teams that's still playing, but why not go ahead and start interviewing some of these other candidates if that is the case? And if they knock the interview out of the park like Matt LaFleur did, then you hire him, right? Um, that's kind of how that goes. So they brung uh, six-plus rushers 4% of the time. That's 17th most in the league. Uh, pressure 34% of the time. Middle field closed 48% of the time. That was 10th most. Middle field open 39% of the time. That's 18th most, okay? So a pretty good blend there. Now, when you look at the EPA, let's talk about what sticks out as the good, all right? What did they finish top 10 in an EPA? Man coverage. So Christian Parker's man coverage in Denver, right? Or I should say Vance Joseph's uh, man coverage in Denver was dominant, right? Second in EPA. Christian Parker was the DB coach. You're seeing a trend, right? Every one of these DCs we're talking about run more man coverage, okay? And then the one guy they're interviewing from Denver, the thing that stood out the most about Denver's defense is their man coverage EPA, and he wants to interview their DB coach. So I don't think that's a coincidence, what I'm trying to say. Um, three rushers, when they brung three rushers, their EPA was 13th. Um, another good stat here, or fairly high EPA, when they brung six-plus rushers, their EPA was 12th. Um, now, what did they do bad? Uh, first thing that sticks out, when they were in nickel, which was 63% of the time, their EPA was ranked 27th. Not a good look there, right? 
another one too, when they played zone defense, you know, I told you their main coverage, their EPA was second in the league. Well, against zone, it dropped all the way down to 30th. So horrible zone uh, defense. And again, we pointed out that Christian, Par- uh, Christian Parker, uh, the guy that, that we're looking to interview there for the potential DC uh, job coming out of Denver, we point out he was great in man coverage, but you also got to point out the bad that that's absolutely horrendous in zone. Okay. So, now, is it all his fault? Is it all his? Does he get all the praise for doing something well? That defense doing something well? No, but he shouldn't get all the blame either, right? It's just these are the numbers that really matter when you key in on uh, four man rush. When they only brung four rushers, their EPA was all the way down to 30th. So keep that in mind, right? When they brung five rushers, their EPA was only 22nd. So not a good look there. When they played middle field close, EPA 23rd, middle field uh, open 24th. So not very impressed with the numbers from Christian Parker, not the way we were with uh, with Bobby Babich. He's the one right now. Bobby Babich is the one that kind of sticks out to me at the moment of these four potential candidates. So let's move on to Adam Dirty, all right? Um, this is the defensive line coach for the Dallas Cowboys, all right? Looks like a young guy, looked like one of the young up-and-comers. Uh, really liked his attitude in that interview. Seemed like he was, I wouldn't say high energy, but he just looks like the type of coach that could connect to young players. That kind of got me excited a little bit. Like, hey, he just got something about him. I bet he would knock an interview process out of the freaking park. Uh, but he was with Dallas, the defensive line coach. For those of you who know, they run a 43 defense, okay? And that's uh, Dan Quinn, the D.C. down there. Now, the, the one thing that makes me hesitant is immediately we had no issues whatsoever carving them up in the playoffs every game. So got to keep that in mind. Now, will 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 dirty? Will he do it different if he comes in? Possibly, right? But you can only go with the information you got. Now, with that being said, let's look at all of the percentages and EPAs and see. Okay, was that just kind of anomaly, or was was that something that happened all year long? Right? We know they like to play a lot of man coverage. They played man coverage thirty one percent of the time. Again, to put that into perspective, we only played man coverage twenty three percent of the time. So this is the the candidate that played the most man coverage as far as the defense that he's coming from, okay? So let's run through the numbers real quick if the voice will hold out. Base coverage only 3% of the time. So kind of like uh, like Buffalo, they don't play a lot of base. That was 31st most in the league, okay? Nickel, 25% of the time. That's dead last in the league. So you're going, hold up a minute, Clay. They don't play base. They don't play nickel. Right. We pointed out Buffalo likes to play nickel. Right. Well, what Dallas like to do is play Dom the majority of the time. They played Dom cover or Dom personnel 71 percent of the time. That was very first in the entire NFL. They played Dom coverage more than any other defense. That's just astronomical that they played Dom 71 percent of the time. OK, um, let's see gap against gap run. They faced gap run 40 percent of the time. That was six most. So. Uh, they got a, they got their share of gap run, ran at them. That's good to know. Zone run 60% of the time, only 27th most. They played man coverage 37% of the time. That is second most in the entire National Football League. Uh, they played zone coverage 46% of the time. That's 30th in the, in the National Football League. So you're seeing a trend here. Matt's really combing through the man coverage heavy uh, defenses. Now, you guys don't need to don't need me to remind you how I feel about that, right? I'm a big zone defense fan. I like zone match principles. That's my big thing. But as the as the league catches on to these styles of defenses, you step back for a second and go, okay, who runs the Fangio scheme? Fangio himself just lost his job, right? Although he's probably going to get picked up in 
in uh, Philadelphia, but he just lost his job. Joe Barry was brought in to run the Fangio style. He just lost his job. Brandon Staley was was the D.C. with the L.A. Rams who ran the Fangio-style defense, who was the head coach for the Chargers. He just lost his job. All right, There's a common thread here. It's not that one guy is bad at their job. I don't think Vic Fangio all of a sudden forgot how to uh, you know, be a defensive coordinator. The league is cyclical. The league has caught on to the, to the Fangio-style defense. So now you're seeing some of these other teams who are still in the hunt. They're taking different approaches, right? So that's going to become the new popular thing. Guess what's going to happen? It's a copycat league. A lot of these coaches are going to get poached. They're going to get brought in to run those defenses. And in two or three years, guess what's going to happen? The league will catch on. It won't be as hot. That's why it's important to have someone as the CEO of your organization, you know, a.k.a. your head coach, who's willing to adapt and be flexible as you go. And you've seen Matt LaFleur – dip into that a little bit this year with Joe Barry. You've seen Joe Barry run more man coverage than he has in the past. They started to adjust, and their EPA was fourth against man coverage. The problem is, like we pointed out all year long on Chalk Talk, when you play man coverage, you give up explosive plays. And when you give up explosive plays, those one or two hitters, and it's going to lead to a touchdown. You know, I could I could think of six or seven plays right off the top of my head where we got burnt in man coverage. I mean, 49ers, first thing that comes to mind, right? George Kittle, touchdown, savage playing man coverage, right? That's one one example right off the bat that it's happened. We pointed out how motion caused issues against man coverage all year too. So, anyway, three rushers, they've run 2% of the time. That's 25th most in the league. Four rushers, they've run 69% of the time. That's 18th most in the league. Five rushers, they've run 24% of the time. That's seventh most in the league. And uh, six-plus rushers, 3% of the time. That's 28th most in the league. Pressure, 40% of the time, middle of the field close, uh, middle of the field close, 54% of the time. So there was the second most in the league, they being the Dallas Cowboys, at playing middle fields closed. How did we chalk them up? Double moves all day long, right? Remember the cross-country play that we had uh, Rondé Barber break down on that video? Those type of plays are explosives, right, against man coverage. We matched up perfectly with Dallas's defense. Please don't kid yourself into thinking, we're the only team that would match up perfectly against Dallas's defense. If you've got a quarterback who can hang in that pocket, stare down the pressure, and give those guys just enough time to break those double moves off, right? That that cross corner we talked about, right? The uh, the corner post or corner cross that we talked about. Those type of double moves are, I mean, it's almost a slam dunk if you've got time to sit in the pocket or fade away like Jordan and throw those, right? Or catching a defense in zero man. Remember when he caught them in zero man, came up to the line, told the Y to stay safe, checked out of it, recognized zero, sent uh, Jaden Reed on a little motion, hit Tay Wicks down the seam for the uh, for the skinny post. Explosive play. You know, that's, that's the only bad thing about man coverage. And when you play middle field closed, that safety sitting in the middle of the field, once he declares which guy he's going to run with, if you do run a double crosser play or a double-double move, then – it's, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Uh, middle field open 32% of the time. That's 30th most in the league. So let's look at the EPA for Dallas and their defense. And uh, like I said, uh, adding dirty coming from there possibly. Um, again, 43 defense, man coverage, uh, 31% of the time. That's the most of all the candidates we've heard so far that's uh, going to be interviewing with Green Bay. EPA and base defense, they only ran it 3% of the time, but they were fifth in EPA. So they did it well. They just didn't do it often. Nickel dead last in percentage. They're third in EPA, so their nickel was strong. Dom, the defense they were in the majority of the time, dropped all the way to 14th 
and EPA. Kind of makes you think, why didn't y'all play a little more nickel, right? Is there stubbornness there with Dan Quinn? It could be. But, uh, again, adding if he was to get the job, adding dirty, then then he uh, he's going to put a, put his own spin on things, right, do things a little different. Um, so gap run against gap run, they were sixth in EPA. Against zone run, they were 20th in EPA. So the thing that stood out there, they played gap run way better than they played zone run, right? No two ways about it. Man coverage, they were seventh in EPA. Zone, they were sixth in EPA. So the coverage was good. Um, three rushers, uh, 31st in EPA, but a very small sample size, 2% of the snaps. Obviously, that's 25th most in the league. Four rushers, 69% of the time, their EPA was fifth when bringing four rushers. When they amped it up to five rushers, their EPA went up to sixth. When they brung six or more rushers, these all-out blitzes, they were number one in the National Football League in EPA. Now, how are they getting pressure on these quarterbacks out of this 4-3 defense from Dan Quinn? Sounds like they had a pretty damn good defensive line coach, don't it? That's the guy we're looking to interview. So there's your your kind of that, – that's peeling, peeling the onion back a bit and going, oh, okay. He's plucking these guys out of these organizations. Again, I think he's got other interviews unless these guys knock these interviews out of the park. I think he's got other guys, he being Matt LaFleur, he's got other guys he's interested in, but they may be, you know, can't can't get them interviewed yet because their teams are still in the playoffs, right? So go ahead and knock some of these young whippersnappers out and go, okay, do, do one of these young guys just knock our socks off like Matt LaFleur did when he came in an interview for Green Bay? Uh, pressure, not an EPA. Middle field closed, second in EPA. Middle field open, 11th in EPA. So solid pretty much across the board. If I had to rank them right now um, – and and I don't I don't feel I don't feel good actually doing the ranking, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to circle two of these guys. My favorite, after looking at the numbers and going, okay, if they keep the same exact philosophy from the teams they just came from, my choices would be Bobby Babich, and then Adam Dirty. And I'm really not that interested in the other two. That doesn't mean Matt Lafleur isn't going to be all right. He knows way more about this stuff than me. Obviously, you don't need me to tell you that. But uh, that's kind of how that lays out there. Let's see here. Let's go through the chat. We'll wrap it up. Yeah, I'm at the 30-minute mark. You're going to hear a grown man get scolded by his wife if I don't wrap this thing up quick, okay? So we're going to go really, really fast, rapid fire. Let's just see anything we got here. Zane Strong said, all these candidates didn't go 16-0 like Barry uh, with the lines. That's a plus. I think he meant 0-16, obviously. We know what you mean there, man. That's the thing about – uh, Evero, right? From uh, I think I'm saying that right, his name right from Carolina. People point that out about Joe Barry, um, but nobody points it out about Evero that they just only won two games this year. It's like I don't put a lot of stock in the overall record as much as hey, the defense, but it, I, I understand Zane. It is kind of hard to go, yeah, that's our guy when they didn't win a single game, right? So, long time ago, too, though, you got to take that into consideration. Um, let's see what else we got here. Magic in the chat says, Clayton, you have the most informative, detailed podcast out there. Keep up the great, great job. Appreciate it, Magic. Um, all this is is me nerding out over football, and you guys are forced to listen to it. That's all it is. So um, the reason it's informative is because I'm already digging into this stuff anyway, and why not just hit record and share it, right? That's it. So this is all stuff. There ain't none of this stuff I came up with on my own. I'm stealing it from every side I can get my hands on, right, just to try to put all the information together and be a step ahead. Uh, for sure. Let's see here. Our shower says you can play dime. Well, if your safeties are fast and can tackle, we ain't that. That's a very good point. Showers. Now watch them come out and play like gangbusters. That would be awesome. But if we hire a new DC and they continue to struggle, I think we got to start 
we got to begin to step back, don't we, and be like, all right, maybe we need to change something about how we're drafting on defense, right? Um, it can't be every other, every single DC's fault or every player's fault. Sooner or later, you got to step back and think, okay, maybe just maybe our philosophy is a little bit off on how we draft on defense. But again, you might bring someone in who plays a lot of man coverage like this, and we light it up, and it, it vindicates Goody on that side of the ball. Listen, on offense, Goody is as good as they come. There's no two ways about that. I mean, you start listening off some of the players like uh, Zach Tom, right? Rasheed Walker, I'm not as sold on Rasheed as most people, but he still had a good year for a late-round pick. There's no doubt about that. Dontavian Wicks, I think that's our number one receiver personally. Jaden Reed, I think that's our number two. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, I mean, you go on and on. Christian Watson, when he's healthy, man, you could tell that was a great pick. Luke Musgrave looks promising. Tucker Craft's going to push Luke, right? Like they did, he does a heck of a job on offense. Jordan Love, when everyone told him he was crazy for doing it. Jordan Love looks like a slam dunk now, right? We're all, I, I want to keep reminding people of that pick because it, myself included at the time, I'm going, yeah, man, it'd be nice to, to get a, a contributor now, right? If Aaron's going to be here for two more years, four more years. Man, Goody knocked that out of the park, dude. Absolutely knocked it out of the park. All I can think about is, is Bob Harlan going to, to John Schneider in that video we showed yesterday on the pod. Uh, and he went to him and said, hey, this guy's good, talking about Aaron Rodgers. He's like, this guy's good, right? And John Schneider's like, this dude's awesome. Like, there's one thing about this front office and the pedigree, starting all the way back to Ron Wolf. They know how to identify a good quarterback. I mean, they traded a first-round pick for a second-round drunk in, in Favre and, and literally took him to Green Bay. And, I mean, bam, there you go. One of the most exciting football players you'll ever watch in your whole life. So, uh, yeah. Um, Magic in the chat says, Grab someone from Baltimore. I'm with you, Magic. Again, these are just the four that have been mentioned, right? We're probably wasting our time doing this, to be honest with you. But, again, it's fun to – even if they don't hire any of these four guys, it's fun to come away learning a little bit more about defense in general, right? Okay, where are the tendencies? Hey, I remember we we broke down this defensive coordinator candidate, and it showed that their tendency was mostly man coverage and, and middle field close and their EPA was kind of high. Maybe that's the trend and where the trend's going in the NFL. You can always learn stuff from, from these type of exercises for sure. That's why we tried to do the draft earlier today too with the mock draft. It wasn't to go, hey, guys, here's the pick I would make. It was to run a three-draft saturation and go, all right, where are the positions that are deep in the draft? Where are the positions that are weak? Those drafts that we did this morning wasn't for the draft purpose. Those drafts were to try to figure out where do we need to spend time in free agency because we know this spot in the draft's a little weak. That's all that was, right? So anytime you can do that stuff, man, it's uh, it's worth it for sure. Um, Donald, don't you get me in trouble. He said full PTA tonight. Still, right? Nope. Sorry, sir. <laughs> Not this evening. Not this evening. Um, all right. Cool. I think we're done. We'll wrap it up there. Um, number one Packer Pistons I'm interviewing next week. Good luck with that, man. Hope you interview well. Make sure you wear a tie, okay? Go in there, dress sharp, dress for success. Our shower says the Dallas defense is okay, but because we are protecting, we were protecting, we wrecked it. Our pass pro is better than most when adding loves buying time. Yeah, it was a good combination. I think you're right, showers. Um, they held up long enough, and love created enough of a, a secondary passing windows and that little fadeaway shot he's got. It was just uh, – it was over. It was over at halftime, man, no doubt. So, all right, guys, I'm going to get out of here so I don't get in trouble. I appreciate you all hanging out with me. We'll get this out in podcast form too uh, so everybody on the go can kind of just get a quick glance. That's, like I said, just a, 
a very, very short version of looking at four candidates that are that are rumored to be uh, being interviewed by the Green Bay Packers. I know it was Magic in here said, I'd like to get someone from Baltimore. I agree. I would like to get someone from Baltimore, Kansas City, or San Francisco. Maybe he's still going to interview those guys once the season's over, right? Um, but, again, you bring in one of these young whippersnappers and they knock your socks off in the interview, you go, that's my guy. I'm hiring him. It, you know, some of the best hires are made that way, right? I would like to see them do more inter- more interviews than less for sure. Though. So we just got to be patient. That's the hard part. I struggle with that all the time. So all right, I'm out of here, guys. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Really appreciate you all swinging through. I know it was short notice. We got a herd in here too, man. We had like 60-some people. You guys are absolutely awesome, man. Absolutely awesome. So we will see you guys tomorrow morning for Good Morning Lambo. Who knows? We might have some more details. Might have a couple more candidates. Um you never know. Might have a hire, too. There, there's already uh, defensive coordinators being hired across the league, right? I think Jacksonville picked theirs. So um, we'll see, though. We'll see if there's any news. Nonetheless, though, we'll find plenty of stuff to talk about. We've got all kinds of things to climb into here. We might revisit free agency now that we kind of looked at the draft there a little bit heavier, too. Uh, might pull you guys out some history as well if we get low on content. We'll start dipping into the Packers history. But for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pack up. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. To get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker here. Comes all the way around. If you look at this play, we're trying to get it to seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.